0: You are listening to the Bags and Platt podcast.
1: Welcome to the Bags and Platt podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 17th, and we're back after a two-week vacation, a two-week hiatus.
0: November 17th, Dr. Michael T. Bagley's birthday. I'm going to wish Doc a shout-out birthday before the show, plot.
1: Oh, happy birthday, Doc. Long time.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, I got to tell you. The Masters without fans was okay with me, Platt. it Would have been a lot better with fans. I enjoyed the uh, four days. I especially enjoyed the 7.30 on Friday morning start and 7.30 on Saturday morning start. You remember back in the day, the Masters didn't come on until four o'clock. This was a total, total win for a golf fans like you and I, where you watch golf from 7.30 to about 5.30, maybe 5.15 and you know, what can you say? I mean, you like DJ from the start. And a lot of people did. When he's on, he is completely on. He reminded me of Tiger at Pebble Beach at the U.S. Open where every fairway was hit and every green. And it just shows you, before we get to uh, a couple of the other players, um, DJ, that course fits his game so well with that power fade. and when, And when his irons are on, And he can putt. Right now, he's number one in the world, and he deserves to be. And I actually can see him, Platt, really stepping up his game. He's had a couple setbacks in his career off off the course. I really like the kid. I think he's got maybe seven to ten majors in him. And that's saying a lot, saying like Mickelson only has five. But I think he's got a lot of career left. And the way he hits the ball and his length, DJ's here to stay.
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as Paulina doesn't sidetrack him in any way, shape or (laughs) form, because like I could see that being his undoing because he's got the game clearly and then she rolls out there and those spandex and, you know, she's all over the camera and she's all over him. So my only fear for him and all kidding aside is that like their relationship goes sideways and he spirals out of control. But if that doesn't happen. His game, I mean, just watching him play. And you know what I love about him is he knows his game. All the talk about DeChambeau going into it and how far he was going to hit it and how he was going to destroy the course. DJ said, going into it, like, hey, I know my game. I'm ready to go. I don't have to out-hit everybody. I just have to play my game. And if I play my game, I should be there on Sunday. And That's exactly what he did.
0: He he really does know his game. That's a great point. And uh, getting to... um, Getting to the leaderboard a little bit, no one really made a charge, and nothing against some of the guys like Cameron Smith and some of the guys that you know you really don't know that well. You know, Rom had a tough couple holes, and a couple a couple tough holes will take you right out of the tournament. Rory shot a seventy-five on the first round. That comes back to haunt you when you're when your Sunday is basically saying, okay, I got to shoot a sixty-two, sixty-three so right away you know some guys put themselves in the hole whether it was one hole or whether it was one round dj just really just stuck with his game plan and he was never actually i don't think it maybe came within two shots plat i don't i don't remember exactly how close someone got but it never got to the point where he was like one shot looking over his shoulder you know there was leaderboard there was leaderboards everywhere And, you know, he just never, he never showed any emotion, which he normally doesn't, but he really just stayed the course and, but he was never threatened. I would like to see him in a a major where it came down to 17 and 18 and really see what DJ's made of, because this was really a runaway train plot. And, you know, as much as we love the masters this weekend, Sunday wasn't that entertaining. No one made a charge and DJ was just there, he, I mean, when does DJ ever lay up on a par five? You know what I mean? So if you give DJ a couple shots, I don't think he's gonna be letting up when he can actually, you know, take a par five and, you know, tear it in half, so. Yeah, the,
1: the leaderboard, on um, it's all a blur now between Friday and Saturday because it seemed like they were playing all day uh, and into the early evening, but when it was Justin Thomas and Rom and DJ, you know, you were looking at a hell of a Sunday, and then those guys fell off like you said. But in Rom's defense, Rom could have not made the cut after that hole in one he had at, at the par three contest where he skipped the ball like sixteen times over the
0: water. I mean, that was bags. I gotta tell you that was that might have been the best golf shot I've ever seen. It's the most amazing shot I've ever seen in my entire life. No, no no, no no hands. No questions about it. I mean, <laughs> what's funny is usually like the gallery would be there. Can you imagine? like the gallery just going nuts on that first of all it was his birthday that's even yeah. more ironic and second of all the day before he aced a hole I mean talk about going in with some momentum you know right. doing so, trick, trick shots hole in ones you name it
1: yeah that was pretty crazy to me and I thought you know DeChambeau obviously didn't have it this week he made some mental errors he was trying to be Popeye and let's, talk, let,
0: let, let's talk about him for a second go ahead
1: So here's my thing, the masters tamed him and and I saw his interview when he came out and said that he was a little dizzy and he was feeling a little off and who knows what to make of that, but hitting driver on some of those holes, being in the position that he was in, he just couldn't put it together. And it just seemed like the guys who were playing smart golf and weren't trying to drive the par fours. And I I mean, I got to tell you, Bags, you and I both play golf. And when you watch these guys play, Normally you say, oh, he swings pretty hard, but it's smooth. You watch him.
0: I mean, it just, it looks like he's going to break his body when he swings that driver. Yeah, it does. And here's here's what I took away from that from the weekend with Shambo. First of all, I was glad he made the cut. I'm not, I'm not a big Shambo fan. I wasn't rooting for him, but I was glad he made the cut because I would have felt bad if he didn't because with all the, uh, being the favorite and everything and coming off of um, a major. So. If you're going to attack every course 365 days a year, the same way he does, then I'm all for what he did. However, when you come to Augusta, you cannot expect to score well if you are not in the fairway. I know that's just cliche, but like U.S. Open style, but I, I commend him on not changing his game. But I also heard from Faldo, and Faldo crushed him, by the way. I don't know if you picked up on that. Everything he did, Platt, Faldo was like, oh, what is he thinking? So I I didn't didn't like that too much because when Rory makes a bogey, he goes, oh, well, that's a good bogey. you know. He's all about Europe. So if DeChambeau is going to go out like that and play like that, then okay, all power to you. But I heard before the round, he was trying new clubs, new shafts, new heads. Faldo said – Two weeks prior to this thing, you know what you're playing with on every single hole plat. There's no time to, like, you know, dabble around and and try to find, like, this magic club, like, hours or days before the tournament. That's where I picked up when Faldo said that, that DeChambeau, I don't think, had a, a legit game plan going in. Everybody has a game plan going into Augusta. This guy's game plan was going okay. Let's find some great clubs. What do you got out of the closet? Let, let me talk to my to my reps. Uh, let's see. Let's see how far I could hit this and try that. No, dude, you can't do that. You gotta have your your, your game plan set going into the Masters. If you don't want to change your game, that's fine. But some people have to change their game for Augusta, and some people are not gonna actually uh, be. Uh, trying out clubs days before the tournament. So that's kind of what scared me about DeChambeau. I'm all about this power. Go for it, kid. But if you don't have a game plan and you're trying out clubs hours before the, before the big the big show, then uh, that, that's going to come back to haunt you. And it did.
1: You just wonder, too, with him how much of it, I don't want to say arrogant, but after what he did at the U.S. Open and he hit, I mean, his fairway percentage was so low and he, he still ends up winning that thing. I wonder how much of it Got to his head to say, you know what, if I just grip it and rip it and who cares if I spray some of them, I'm going to up and down and I'm going to I'm going to kill this course. And what I thought was unbelievable, if you think about this, Bags, Bernard Langer, who is as what, 64, 65 years old, 63, beat him, 63, beat him. OK, I gave him a year or two, beat him on Sunday.
0: Exactly. Think about it for a second. And and Platt, just what I I talked to you about before, Bernard has a game plan. He knows he's going to par holes, not birdie. He knows what he's doing. That's the greatest analogy right there. 63-year-old knows the course, has two green jackets, and then you get the big bomber, and he loses to the 63-year-old. That's case in point what I was trying to say. So great call, bring it up, Langer, because it's almost like the old veteran came in and uh, and shut down the uh, you know the Tati's Junior. You know what I mean? It's just like it's a it was a it was a really interesting tournament when you see Langer at sixty three doing that. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, the course does set up for that. You're absolutely right, and I, I would have loved to have watched those two guys play. 18 on Sunday just to watch how far back Langer was on him on every hole because it had to have been – I can't even imagine how far Bryson was out driving him by, but it doesn't matter. Quickly just to show you. Yeah,
0: yeah, real quick on a couple guys that I wanted to get your opinion on. What happened to Spieth? Where is Fowler? And are these guys just – okay, we're loving life and making a ton of money. Do they have – uh the drive anymore uh i know fowler just got married and spieth got married i'm just kind of wondering you know these 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 are our brighter cup guys you know what i mean i mean dj's gonna be there patrick reed's gonna be there but you know spieth has completely disappeared and fowler doesn't have a major and the years are going by plot and i just wanted to get your take on what you thought about the americans this weekend
1: Well, a couple of things. So Spieth hasn't really won anything since he fell apart at the Masters, right? Like, I feel like that... He's probably won a few tournaments since then, but he's never been the same after that disastrous run he had where he had that meltdown on the back nine at the Masters, in particular the part three I remember he went 10 cup on. I don't know if, if he was fragile or not, but when it comes to Ricky Fowler, man, I think you're right. He's so obsessed with, like, The sponsorship deals and puma and good for him and he's you know he's married or engaged and he's got a hot whatever it is and he just seems like these guys haven't speed you know had his time and he's still a young guy so you're like what's wrong with him and it just i guess it goes to show you like technically if one little if you have one little glitch in your game you can slide into like irrelevant like see it's unbelievable how fast these guys you know fowler's got a huge name you're absolutely right speed huge name nothing but bags you know what my thing i watched this weekend that i was baffled by was the australian's facial hair hair setup smith's game from a looks perspective i felt like it was 1974. like he should have been smoking a marble red while (laughs) he was playing on that course
0: yeah, his caddy looked the same too. That, right? was, that was great. That was great. Yeah, it made me, made me think of like Roger Molfi wearing like a Miller Lite hat at like the U.S. Open in the <laughs> '70s. <laughs> like
1: Mickelson had bad sunglasses on. There was weird stuff going on this week. I don't know. Really it was awesome. a great Masters though.
0: Great Masters, Platt. Great Masters. So, so anyway, so let's. Uh, you want to get into the NFL real quick, Platt? It was a. Uh, it was an interesting weekend. Um, I'll start off. With the big blue, we don't have to talk about the Jets because they didn't lose this week. They didn't win either, though, Platt. Uh, Daniel Jones and Joe Judge, I think this is a, a win that they can actually be proud of. Not the other two. I think this is a win against your inter-vision, in- division revo- uh, rival. It's the Eagles. The Eagles have won the past 13 out of 14 games against us. They own us completely, whether it's regular season and playoffs. I thought Jones. First of all, I don't know how Jones is running fifty plus yards in another game. Uh, That's that's for the Eagles to figure out in their in their in their war room today or the other day. Because for for a guy six five running fifty yards down a field, I mean, what is going on in that secondary? But I will say, I thought they played good. I thought it was an entertaining game. I thought the Eagles pretty much weren't, you know, weren't a weren't a great. Uh, opponent. I mean, they didn't really bring it to us that hard, but um, I was actually... It's a great win
1: for the Giants. It's it's really for it the
0: really Giants. is. It really is. I'll end it there. It was a great win for the Giants. The only things that I saw that uh, on defense, they can be fixed. But what's ha- what, what what's so funny, Platt, is the three win division leaders. <laughs> I mean. and, and, and you know what's funny, Platt? Dallas is just one game out of the win column. So it's seriously wide open still with all four teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, if Washington would have won the other day, they would have been in first place or tied for first as well. And they almost, I believe they, that they, almost
0: they, they almost won that dude. That was crazy. We got game. I mean, those are two
1: awful football teams playing each other, but that said it, it is a good win for the giants. They have to win a game outside of an NFC East opponent to be legit, but you have to like what you saw out of Daniel Jones. The defense played well, you know, We've talked about this in weeks past. Ever since Barkley went down, they seem to be running the ball better. I don't know if it's the offensive line that's gelled now or what the deal is. but And Wayne Gallman. Yeah. Clemson boy? Oh, yeah yeah another clemson boy here in the nfl so a little pat on the shoulder for you but yeah he's he's i mean they're playing good football and they've been in every every, you know my brother is a diehard giant fan and he reminds me that you know they've been in every game pretty much this year there's two games they probably should have won they're right there if you look at it judge has done a good job i've always been a fan of his from the beginning He needs some time they don't have a ton of talent on this team as we've said and look you have to also look at the division they're in right if they're in any other division in football you're like the season's over and let's just get a few wins and a good draft pick and let's continue to build i don't know if it's good or bad that you have a chance to win the division this year i guess it gives you a chance to build character to to make the playoffs to be obviously a great story for them you lose a draft pick but who cares you're probably not going to be in the top five you hope you're not going to be in the top five this year so you know, they have a real sh- – a legitimate, legitimate shot at winning this division because Philadelphia is not a good football team. And Carson Wentz seems broken.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know, like, how I would feel if, like, the Giants did get into the playoffs. I'm like, I'm like yeah, that would be pretty cool, Plat Like, just as, like, a fan um, and, like, you know, I love the NFL playoffs. I mean, you, you never know what could happen. But this isn't one of those teams where you have, like, you know, the defensive line and Eli and, and great receivers. I, this is, I know, this but – it would be bags, fun bags. that way.
1: He, hear me out. Can yeah. you imagine a 6 and 10 giant team going to play a 12 and 4 Green Bay team? Imagine the pressure that would be on Green Bay. Imagine, whoever that team, imagine the pressure and watch, you know, they could get someone like the Cardinals who have no playoff experience and maybe they they could win a ga- they could win a game in the playoffs if they get there, especially this year.
0: Actually, I agree with you because as I'm looking at the standings right now. You look at like New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Arizona, Rams, Seattle. You're absolutely right. Um, there's no great team. And, and I'll also give you this one thing. When you win a division, Platt, you get one game at home, my man. And that right. is big, no matter what your record is. So, and with no fans, that would be funny if they got like a like you said, like a Green Bay or New Orleans or – an Arizona, or even like a you know a wild card team, which they'll probably play. Obviously, a Seattle, the Rams. You just never know. So, they could make something a little special this year. Um, I'm not gonna actually just. I'm just gonna watch. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put my heart on trying to make the playoffs at six and ten or or five and eleven. But it uh, it would <laughs> be interesting. Uh, yeah, I just agree with you it, it, anything could happen in the NFL, as you know. So.
1: Yeah, and it was, look, it was also a great week around the league. You had Hopkins, absolutely miraculous catch. That was a great quarterback battle, again, of two young QBs that both are studs. My boy Tua is bringing it on a weekly basis, my friend. I, I, I'm watching the Dolphins from start to finish. I'm not even, the past two weeks, because I was down in Florida, didn't even go red zone when Dolphins start to finish uh, the game. And they're a good football team. They have a good defense. Two is start. They're starting to take the shackles off of him and letting him play a little bit more. He made some unbelievable throws in that game. So, these, watching these young quarterbacks now come to life, and I know Daniel Jones isn't there yet, but he's he's slowly getting there. If he's going to run every down, he'll get there. But they there's some great young QBs in this league, and it's fun to watch. And then Brady had a bounce back game for the Bucks, and you know I, I don't know what to make of them. Antonio Brown was in trouble again, shocker like destroyed some camera and the Bucks knew about it. Like that still sounds like it's a recipe for a disaster for that team. But just looking around the league, like the Ravens, that was an awful loss for them. Awful loss. And Lamar Jackson, I don't know if he's got a hangover from his MVP year, but he doesn't look like the same QB right now.
0: Yeah, he also can't really come from behind. I saw his stats. He's not a come from behind quarterback. The Ravens and Jackson are a team That mows you down and keeps their lead and plays good defense. To win a Super Bowl plot, you gotta be in some really tough situations. You gotta be on the road. You gotta be able to come from behind. I don't see it in him. I see him as a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. But is he
1: though? I don't see here's the thing, Bags, I I don't wanna be that guy, but he won the MVP last year in an unbelievable season, but like he's still not a great passing quarterback. Like you said, no. coming from behind, if he if Mahomes has to throw the ball fifty times, you feel pretty good about your chances. I feel great, I right? Feel great. And, I feel great about that. Yeah. So, the, the, and the, and you could see these young quarterbacks between Allen and Murray and Tua and these young guys that are coming up. You feel good about them. Lamar, I'm still like, I don't know, and I know he has an MVP, and I know it sounds awful to say, but like, even watching him flame out in the playoffs last year, I I just I'm still not completely sold on him. I don't want to sound like one of those idiotic commentators, but I'm just not from a winning perspective right now.
0: Well, that's why I brought that up right away, Platt. I'm not either. And the only reason uh, that I like him as a player is is one word. He's dangerous. You just don't know what's going to happen. He could bust it for 30. He He could run around the corner and throw a nice screen to the tight end, Andrews, 89, and all of a sudden, you know, you're down 14 points. That's how they do it, Platt. They hit you they hit you quick and hard, and then they play great defense and the fundamental, and they're well coached. Harbaugh does a great job with down with that team, and they do a great job with the draft. But I'm with you. If you want to, if you want to come back in a game, you need someone who could pass. And I mean throw, not, you know, not a drop back Lamar Jackson or or somebody who's more of an out of the pocket passer. You need someone who can throw. So, um moving on, I would say that I'm going to give you props on the fish because I was able to watch a little on Red Zone of Tua. And I like the zip on his ball, and I like his accuracy. I also like that Miami actually has an identity again. They actually look like a football team, Platt. And guess what? When Adam Gase left, look what happened. (laughs) So that's not helping Gase's uh, job security at all, Platt. And I'll tell you why. He left the team, or he got fired by a team, and then got hired within the division. And now he's going to get embarrassed by the team he left. Who's going to win the division, because I think they're going to actually win the division over Buffalo. Miami has to go to Buffalo late in the season in the cold. That's going to be a really big game. But, you know, you look at this Miami team, and you look at this Buffalo team. I'll stick with the AFC here, since we're on the AFC. Buffalo and Miami look like two teams that are just going up, Platt. You know what I mean by going up? You just you just see that the team is just gelling. They're playing hard together, and it looks like they're having fun. When you look at some other teams in the NFC and AFC that are kind of like, you know, I mean, you don't know about Vegas. I don't know about Cleveland, even though they're 6-3. and three. A sneaky six
1: and three, right? A, a abs- sneaky six and three.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think they have the Giants this week, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not sure. Um, let me check that. Giants this weekend. No, uh, Giants are on a bye. Let's see who Cleveland has. Actually, Philadelphia at Cleveland. Platt, Cleveland should probably be, beat the Eagles. That means oh, the Eagles bad. lose, and Cleveland goes to seven and three. And next thing you know. I don't know who's in first in the NFC East, <laughs> and, and no, but the, cool. but the, but the AFC is really, is really cool to watch. I'll be honest with you.
1: Yeah. And, and and lo and behold, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Goes down and Cleveland gets better. They're running the ball. He's probably not screaming to catch the ball as much. Like, you know, you get to a point with some of these receivers where you're like, are you too big for the team? Like he, the guy's an immense talent, but it might just not work for him. Right. Like, The offense got much better and more fluid when they started to run the ball with Kareem Hunt and Chubb and being a run first team and not dealing with, you know, I think all the nonsense that comes with Beckham. So, yeah, the AFC is fun to watch right now. I know the Chargers are disappointing, but that kid's still been nice to watch in terms of QB. You know who I'm actually surprised to wrap up the NFL here before we do our picks. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have been disappointing the past few weeks, and I'm really surprised by that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I sense a little frustration watching Wilson in the last game. Um, I don't know if he really has the the targets. I know he's throwing an old man Greg Olson still. He threw it <laughs> out to him and it got picked. Um, I know Lockett's been there forever. Um, I'm not sure if Seattle really has the weapons for Wilson. Um, I, I mean, I love him as a player and a competitor, but you do have to have certain type of players to get over that hump to really solidify yourself as a as a as a Super Bowl contender. As of as of right now, I wouldn't put them as a Super Bowl contender. And their odds their odds actually are pretty low. So All
1: right, give me your picks.
0: All right, start week uh week 11. Wow, we're going yeah. through this quick plot. It's going to be playoffs pretty soon. Um I like the Jaguars getting 10 at home from the Steelers. I think the Steelers plot I mean, everything's going their way. Everything's looking nice, but 10's a big line. The Jaguars will get up for this game, take the 10 points. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, Platt, staying hot, minus three in Denver. I have no confidence in that entire organization right now, including LA from the top to the bottom. Denver's a mess. And last, I'm going to stick with the Colts. I like the Colts at home. I don't know. I don't know how – I mean, you never know with Rodgers. I mean, he, he always looks good, but I, I just don't think the Packers th- – this line is too low. There's something fishy about it. The Colts are coming off uh, – you know, they're, they're just having a good season. And I think they're in the Dome uh, against Rodgers, they're giving two and a half. So I'm going to go Colts two and a half over the Pack. Jaguars plus ten over the Steelers. And we're going uh, – what was my first one? Dolphins, buddy. Do- yeah, yeah. Dolphins, Jags, Colts. There you go. Week
1: uh, eleven. I'm gonna go one easy one. I'm agreeing. I'm I'm riding the Dolphins. I'm riding them until Tua drops me. Did I see that the Titans are six and a half point underdogs to the Ravens? Like, is that line right? I understand yes. Tennessee didn't play yes. well last week, but it, that's I, I correct. Don't know. I'm taking the Titans. That seems like way too big of a line for that game. And yeah. then I'm gonna take the. Uh, I think the Rams are they getting three and a half? I didn't. I I don't have it in front of me right now. Or they can't. Right. either way. I'm taking them, but I know they're playing Tampa, and the line's three and a half. So it's three and a half. You're getting points at
0: home, Platt. I'm taking the Rams. There you go.
1: Titans, Athens, right. Rams.
0: Love it. Week 11 picks. Now, Platt, I'm really excited for this last segment of the show because I know you wanted to go on a rant, and um, I'm actually going to hand you the floor right now and listen. <laughs> So we've talked about the
1: NBA here and there. We've talked about how we despise what LeBron James has had to do to win a title. And now we look at the beard and we look at what he's trying to do to get himself out of Houston. And he wants to go to the Brooklyn freaking Nets right now to join Durant and Kyrie Irving to go get a title. The guy had a great team in Houston with an offense of system that we said will never win a championship under D'Antonio. And it's still a proven fact. I'm not saying the guy's not a brilliant basketball mind, but we'll never win a title as a head coach and his system has not worked, whether it be a Phoenix, New York or Houston come playoff time, total disaster. But for Harden to want out of there so badly and to basically say, I want to go beyond the Nets, he's not a free agent. He turned down 50 million a year extension, right? Two years, 50 Jesus. million a year. Like, are you effing kidding me? And you're going to go, you want to go play with Durant and Kyrie. And I'm sorry, if I'm a Nets fan, I understand I'm getting all excited and Harden wants to come here and we're the Nets and this is great. You don't want Harden to come into this team. You're going to have to give up all the guys who got you to where you were last year. All the bangers, all the rebounders, all the guys who don't need the balls in their hands. And how the hell are these three guys going to play together? Harden is a mental patient. Kyrie Irving thinks the the world is flat, and Durant is Durant. <laughs> and 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 Durant is one of the top three players in the NBA if healthy. But he's coming off a serious serious injury, and Harden never saw a shot he doesn't like to take. I just I can't see it working, and I hate the fact that Harden even wants to go there. Hate it, and it's not
0: because I'm a Nick fan. Hate the idea of it. Love it, love it, Pat. Get involved. Now, listen, how many basketballs will the Nets need uh, at the tip? I mean, that's what I'm actually going to refer to right away. Who are you drawing up the plays for, for, okay? And how often and what do you do if someone's hot and you stay with them? Do you let Harden just come down and shoot anytime he wants and not run the play? Here's the only thing that I'll say that the only way this can work They have the right coach and assistant in place. They have Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. And these guys are going to put up more shots than any other team. Actually, I shouldn't say that because the Warriors were insane back when Nelson coached. These guys are going to put up shots and they're going to score, 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 Plat. It doesn't even matter on the uh, defensive floor until the playoffs. You know how hard it is to stop Kyrie Irving, Harden, and Durant? I don't even know. What that would be like, but it's almost like this is what like we're doing, um, like when we're drawing up teams in the backyard uh, at Platnik's house, about to play stickball or wiffle ball or football. We're trying to put the best team together, and it doesn't matter about the rest of the league. They really, this league is in trouble if the players are just running their own little backyard brawl scene, because that's what it's coming to. And I'm, I'm going to tell you who it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt TV. It's going to hurt NBA. It's going to hurt the fans. It's going to hurt um, potential fans. It is going to be Lakers, Nets, in the finals. Chalk it up right now. Who wants to watch the regular season, Platt, when you already know who's going to the finals if those three are on the Nets? Sorry. That's it. And
1: and the Lakers are talking about they want to get the Rosen, and they want to add this guy, and they want to add that guy. Like – no. Enough. You you won a championship. You have a great team there. I know Davis opted out, but he's going to re-sign a big contract. He's not leaving LA. Enough. You have a championship team. And the Clippers are right there, and Golden State will be back this year, but if Harden goes there, it throws off, throws the whole league out of whack. And Milwaukee did a trade yesterday. I think they traded like 14 draft picks for two guys. I mean, it, it, what's going on right now with this league is, is insane. Exactly what you said. How the players are are running this league and dictating what they want to do. And if you're used to an ownership, tell Harden to go get a championship the old-fashioned way and earn it and stay there and build a team around him. And I don't think that Russell Westbrook was the right fit. And God knows as a Knicks fan, it's the last guy I want to hear talked about coming to New York because that is a recipe for disaster. That guy yeah. on the Knicks, I know he makes them relevant again, but... He'll score 60 points a game, and they'll win four games next year. And R.J. Barrett will be miserable. It'll wreck all the growth that you're trying to do, in my opinion, for what the Knicks are going to be, or not be, for that matter. And I know they're irrelevant right now, but this is just a freaking joke across the board if this happens.
0: Would you say that uh, Westbrook is in the same mental hospital as as the Beard? That's why the two of them are great together. They're both (laughs) mental patients. Because I mean, because I agree with you, I don't know if Westbrook in the Garden is gonna really. I mean, they already fill seats, Platt, as you know, and as you also know, they put a bad product on the court. But if you're gonna if you're gonna fill the seats, is Dolan just saying, well, maybe I'll just get Westbrook here, so you know somebody can be excited about something around here, which I don't think uh, there's been a free agent signing which they've gotten excited about since Marbury.
1: Let me tell you, and I agree with you, if Harden gets traded to the Nets, it's not going to matter if Westbrook comes to the Knicks because they will be irrelevant compared to the Nets right now. And it's, it's crazy to say that. And I know we've said that this will always be a Knicks town. This could end up being the Pierce Garnett thing all over again. Kyrie could throw out his back. Durant's Achilles could not be heel and Harden could just be a maniac. So this could all fall apart if they get it all together, because the truth of the matter is Durant and Kyrie haven't played one game together yet. And now you're going to have to potentially work Harden into that too. Like, and you hear rumors that Kyrie is against this and he doesn't want to come in. And like, again, a player's league, like, okay, Kyrie, that's cool. Appreciate your opinion, but you know what? You don't run the team. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm floored after reading how this came together in like two seconds, and how Harden wants to go to the Nets and he wants to win a title there.
0: Yeah, and um, all right, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna save a couple minutes actually, Platt, on the college game because there's some interesting uh, things going on. Um, I have heard, and I, I think I texted you this that Harbaugh's job is not in danger. Um, Michigan has him for another year, the ten million, I think and Dan Deardoff said, you know, he wasn't going anywhere. When it gets to a certain point when you're losing and getting blown out by teams that you should be beating with the University of Michigan, um, there's a problem. And I texted you off air about this, and I'm going to bring it up on air to a lot of our listeners who may be Big Ten fans, and it's no longer the Big Ten. Ohio State Big Ten fans will not lose to any team in the Big Ten going forward for a long time unless there's a great upset. Okay. Clemson will not lose a game in the ACC. This year, Notre Dame's in the ACC, so whatever. It's not going to hurt him anyway with that loss. Alabama. Alabama's there to stay. They're not going to be losing. They're reloading five star recruits every day. If you're a kid, and I know Michigan is Michigan football, and I respect the hell out of Michigan football, and I respect the Big Ten, even though I call them the Little Ten, who is going to go? When you see what's going on in the South, okay, with these football teams, including Ohio State, call Midwest, if you're a kid from Florida or the South or anywhere down there, Texas, who's going to Michigan right now? Who's going to Wisconsin if you're a five-star recruit? Who's going to play in 10-degree weather, 40-degree weather, 30-degree weather when you could be in the SEC, the ACC, playing – uh, in warmth, where you, where you where you play normally now in high school, I just don't see him getting the recruits Michigan used to get. And that's the thing that's hurting the whole conference. I don't think people want to go and play there. Because all I see when I'm watching on uh, Sunday ticket or red zone, I see a Clemson player catch a ball, whether it's Hopkins or Watkins uh, or Deshaun Watson, Gallman, I see Clemson players all over the league, Alabama players all over the league. I don't see a lot of people all over the league from Michigan, Wisconsin, especially not skilled players, Platt. So I just wanted to make that clear to all the Big Ten fans out there. You're not getting the players, but you should be beating the teams you're losing to. Would you agree?
1: I agree 100%. So the only thing that I'm going to say to you is that Michigan in their heads wants to compete with Alabama and LSU and Florida and Clemson on recruits. Wisconsin knows who they are. They want big offensive linemen, they want a great running back, and they want a quarterback who won't lose them the game. And I'm not saying that that's that's great, but they at least know who they are. And you know who Wisconsin's going to be every year. They're probably not going to have three great receivers. They're probably going to have a good running back. They're probably going to have five great offensive linemen. Their quarterback's going to manage the game michigan on the other hand is getting all of the recruits that these schools that you just mentioned don't want or that aren't being recruited by them and i couldn't agree with you more that at this point in the game i mean florida is a resurging program again i know florida state's not but florida is yes. Miami, miami's still hovering around lsu's having a down year but the entire sec both sides of that conference are good quality football teams you have clemson where Clemson is right now, and he's built a powerhouse there. Our friend Jeff Halfley is gonna be building and is already building a nice program up at BC. But aside from that, and we haven't even talked about the pack because they're beyond the relevant right now, the Big Ten is in a lot of trouble. Penn State looks horrible.
0: 0 oh and four. We oh are. Four. <laughs> <laughs> and Pot, guess what? Well, because my sister and uh and my brother-in-law went to IU and they live around a corner from me. They are ecstatic. They're four and oh. And they haven't been in the top 10 since 1987. And just think, Platt, Indiana and Northwestern are undefeated in the Big Ten, and Michigan and Michigan State are at the bottom.
1: (laughs) And I think Indiana's like an underdog. One of those teams is an underdog this week. I don't know. I saw something
0: that one of the lines. I'll check it up right now, yeah. But it's very interesting uh, what's going on in the Little Ten.
1: Yeah, and Harbaugh, listen – I understand. By
0: the way, Harbaugh's only giving nine and a half to Rutgers, okay? Right there, that's just, I mean, come on.
1: Like, I I get that he's a Michigan guy. I get what he did for that program. But at this point, with how much they're paying him, you have to look at going in a new direction. This is not working. It's not working. And, And again, I understand being loyal. I appreciate that. But this is not working for Michigan right now, especially after what the expectations were after getting him as a head coach and maybe it's just not a good fit i don't really know the answer and maybe the recruiting thing that you keep talking about is hundred percent right and players just why am i going to go freeze my balls off in ann arbor michigan and when it's 20 degrees on a warm day or i can go to alabama clemson university of florida georgia lsu be t-shirts. in a great football conference t-shirts all year like i i i would do i mean you know me i'm a warm weather guy so like right, i right. get that
0: i get that and i'll uh, yeah and i'll say something else platt um so harbaugh his first three seasons won 10 games or more it has it wasn't done before that so 19 years his resume isn't as bad as people are crushing him for but he's michigan and he's got high expectations what i'm curious about is that if michigan won't fire him they'll probably do a resign thing where you know Hey, we don't want to fire you, and embarrass you, because you're an alumni, and important piece of our uh, part, uh, important uh, piece of our history here. You're a great quarterback here. You know Platt, and it was I think somebody I heard the other day on Feinbaum's show said that NFL teams have already contacted him. Um, you know the Jets have, and you know where he played in the NFL, in Chicago for Ditka. Those two teams, Platt, will be probably getting new coaches this year. Now he's already gone back to his alma mater. He's will he go back to the Chicago Bears? It's money. His money is not important to him at this point in his life. He's already set. Would he want to go back to Chicago, where he also played, and maybe go out on bad terms with that risk of losing, or take Mr. Trevor Lawrence? In and, and you have so much room under the cap. You have two first-round draft picks. It's a situation. That I think fits Harbaugh and his desire to to just you know take a New York franchise—he's a cocky son of a gun. Yes. And is. I, I, you know what I mean. I, I, and I and I know he's feisty, and he might you know rub some people the wrong way. But he was a good, good NFL coach. You look at—I mean—he went to a couple uh, uh, NFC conferences games. I think three actually. So I will say that if it doesn't work out with Michigan and he this this kind of goes out of control a little bit toward the end. Only a win at Ohio versus Ohio State would actually probably make him stag because if they ruin Ohio State season, it's a it's a victory for their whole year. I know that for a fact, but I think the opportunity to go back to the NFL, I think, is is in his best interest because I don't believe he'll coach another college football team unless it's in Ann Arbor.
1: And that would be a perfect app for him. You're right to, you know, if the Jets or Bears came knocking. And he leaves to go take that job. I think Michigan obviously would be secretly happy and relieved that they don't have to fire him, that they don't have to pay him out for the rest of the year.
0: And then both sides win, Platt, You know? Yeah, both sides win,
1: and I think that would be the best resolution to the problem that they're going to face here. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're secretly telling him, like, go interview for these NFL jobs. Like, it would be the best case scenario. Sounds
0: good to me, plot man. All right, good show, buddy. We'll do it again Absolutely. next week. Absolutely. See you guys next week.